When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In your my favorite youth Like a drop-top sports car rooftop view Let's go down to the boulevard And we'll play pool And life shouldn't be so hard Like when days at the school yeah. You're my favorite youth Welcome in to the IDP show I'm your host for the week, Evan Ronda And I am joined in the virtual show check by the one and the only Bobby. Bob, how are you doing today? Hello, Evan. I am here. And that's all that matters right now. That is all that matters right now. Listeners, here's the important part. We are going to deliver you the content that you oh so desperately desire. And in a format that is quick and to the point, we're going to make sure you guys get the information you need and get out. So without further ado, because Bobby and I want to be efficient on this one. We're going to break down our format for the episode, and then we're going to jump right in. So our plan is to break down every single game from the week three slate, not including the game that is happening as we currently speak, the Thursday night football game. We're going to mention all of the relevant IDP players in each game on both sides of the ball, and we will be giving them an A, B, or C grade. Now, an A grade is a solid start. That means they're a player that we would be very comfortable with putting in a starting lineup in any situation. A B grade is a preferred backup, where if you need to start that player, we would understand and you can put them in. Just understand that they might be a little riskier than an A grade. And a C grade is a player that we would prefer to not start. Break glass in case of an emergency, essentially, where the only situation you should be starting that player is if you are A, in a really deep league, or B, Everything has gone wrong, and hopefully it's only week three, so hopefully not everything has gone wrong. But without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into the early slate of games on Sunday, and we will start things off with Saints versus Panthers. So for the Saints first, we've got Cam Jordan as an A grade, Marcus Davenport opposite him with a B grade, Demario Davis and Pete Warner at linebacker both with B grades, Tyron Matthew and Mark may at safety also both with b grades now bobby are there any specific explanations here that you'd like to provide or is this pretty straightforward for the listeners pretty straightforward you know p warner probably being the one uh, the one outlier that probably people weren't paying attention to based on adp for this year that pete warner has you know probably went into the year as a c grade but uh you know is kind of quietly approaching that a grade type category um we kind of need to see uh, Tyron Matthew and, and Marcus may step up into that a category, possibly if one of them can. Um, but as I even said that wrong, and I said, as one of them cam, um, my brain knew what it was trying to get to. And my brain was trying to get to cam Jordan being the, uh, basically the only one I feel comfortable, um, locked and loaded starting right now, uh, in my IDP lineup. Yeah, I hear you. 
In order for a an edge to get an A grade for me, I think they would have to not only be a high volume player, but a talented player in a good matchup. I see this as a good matchup against the Panthers and Baker Mayfield. I see Cam Jordan as a talented player, and he is a high volume edge rusher. For a linebacker, I I could not see myself giving a linebacker an A grade unless they are a full time player. Pete mm-hmm. Werner is not yet a full time player. He's about eighty percent or so, which is great, which is why we have him as a B grade. But I would I would almost never start a situational not full time linebacker over a linebacker that sees one hundred percent of snaps unless I have some sort of intuition about some tackle efficiency that I expect, but it's, it's week three. I I don't have any such intuition yet. So let's go ahead and jump into the other side of the ball. Let's talk about the Panthers. Now at edge, we've got Brian Burns with an A grade and Yatur Gross Matos opposite him with a C grade linebackers, Shaq Thompson and Frankie Luvu, both with B grades safety, Jeremy Chin with a B grade and Xavier Woods with an A grade. Now, Mm. some listeners might be surprised that we have Xavier Woods with an A grade and Jeremy Chin with a B grade. Bobby, why is that? You know, it's just production early on. I know the usage has has switched for uh, Jeremy Chin and Xavier Woods, Um, you know, their box usage, whether they're playing deep or not. Um, But Woods' points per game is higher than Chin is right now. And I'm going to stick with that. You know, almost maybe the two biggest... um, outlier type situations in IDP right now are Xavier Woods over Jeremy Chin in 2022, uh, potentially point scoring wise. And then Frankie Louvu is um, potentially the early candidate for waiver wire ad of the year. Um, his numbers are weird. He has a strange RAS score. His PFF grades are okay, but you know, his production is fine. And as long as we continue to see this Panthers team play bad, and um, I don't know what different they could do on defense. I think all of these grades are going to stick, at least for me. Uh, Shaq Thompson is a little bit disappointing at a B. He is a full-time player, but he's not, he's not putting us um, putting these games together for IDP, not putting the points up that we're uh, um, expecting to see from Shaq Thompson. But uh, again, just like Cam Jordan, Brian Burns for me is, uh, is a smash there at the, uh, at the edge position for the Panthers. Totally agree. And it's interesting, too, talking about that linebacker situation. Now, some of the listeners know I do the IDP Game Theory podcast where I will cover some data analysis. And one of the things that I've noticed is for these first two weeks, Frankie Louvu has played more defensive snaps than Shaq Thompson in each game, yeah. which was obviously different than what most of us expected going into the season. So it'll be interesting to see if that continues. But if it does continue, then absolutely, Bob, what you were saying, Frankie Louvu being the waiver wire ad of the year that could very easily come to fruition. So if you've got Frankie Louvu, and I know we'll talk about this later on when we get to a listener questions, but some of us are trying to find an excuse to put him into our starting lineup. And it might be easier mm-hmm. and easier to come up with that excuse as we progress through the season. Let's go ahead and move on to Texans versus bears. And we will break down the Texans team first. Now at edge, we've got Jonathan Greenard with a B grade, Rasheem Green and Jerry Hughes with a C grade. Linebackers Christian Kirksey and Kamu Grugier-Hill with a B grade. I also have noted Blake Cashman with a C grade as a backup mm-hmm. for Kamu Grugier-Hill if he sits out. And then safeties Jalen Petrie with a C grade and Jonathan Owens with a C grade. Bobby, any specifics you want to point out here or is this pretty straightforward? I guess probably the majority of the Bs and Cs to me are just because 
I feel like from one week to the next, these usage um, um, snaps can shift from one player to the other. Um, we talked about this on the podcast this week, but the defensive line is very rotational. Jonathan Greenard is playing 60% of snaps. Adam even said that, um, you know, that's pretty healthy for a, for an edge defender, for somebody who's playing on the defensive line. Um, I think Greenard is great. I think he has upside. Um, still very young. I, I really like Greenard a lot in my dynasty leagues. Um, the Texans are an okay team. They're going to play quite a bit of defense this year. Um, there's just not a ton of these guys that talent-wise just really stands out for me. There's a lot of just meddling uh, linebacker play from from one year to the next. Nobody um, who's kind of ascending. Um, the only players, I guess, maybe to keep an eye on would be Petre and Owens probably there for the defensive backs. Yeah, I agree. And, and Petrie being the one that plays closer to the line of scrimmage, primarily Owens, being the mm-hmm. one that tends to play a little farther away from the line of scrimmage. So a tiebreaker between them would go to Petrie simply because of the sweet spot snap percentage. Mm-hmm. You try saying that five times fast and see how it comes out. Um, I did want to mention Rasheem Green and Jerry Hughes. The only reason I mention them here is simply because it does look like a decent matchup. So if you happen to be in an extremely deep league and you need an emergency start, both of those guys are extremely low floor, but decent ceiling plays. Jerry Hughes had a massive week one. Rasheem Green had a pretty exciting week two. So I wouldn't expect much from them, but I would not be surprised if they got a sack or two in this game. Let's go ahead and move on to the Bears. Got Robert Quinn with a B grade. al Qadin Muhammad with a C grade. Travis Gibson with a C grade. And then we move on to linebackers Roquan Smith and Nick Morrow. Roquan with an A grade. Morrow with a B grade. And then defensive backs, Jaquan Brisker with a B grade, Eddie Jackson with a C grade, and Kyler Gordon with a C grade. Bobby, any anybody stick out here to you? Um, the defensive line is is strange to me. You know, I, I, maybe it's not strange. Maybe it's what we expected there from Chicago this year. Um, Quinn had 14 sacks, I believe it was, in 2021. Is off to a little bit of a slow start this year. Um, they have the young and up and coming kind of al Muhammad brought in from the Colts this year, Travis Gibson, who a lot of people like, and then, uh, even Dominic Robinson is another guy who's kind of, um, slotting in there and getting some snaps, um, in deeper leagues, this team is worth paying attention to, but, and your your um, your more straightforward, uh, 10 team kind of just straightforward IDP leagues. Roquan is the, um, is the one that you want to pay attention to. I mean, that's. Uh, he's playing typical Roquan this year. Um, I think we're going to see him for 16, 17 games do what Roquan does. He's going to get 180 tackles and uh, and just be a top five linebacker for us. Jaquan Brisker is a guy that I really think is playing well on the field. If you watch the Bears play uh, at all uh, live television, Jaquan Brisker pops off the screen, hits hard, seems to be playing fast and is always in the right spot. So, Brisker, to me, honestly, could could move into that A category by the time the year rolls around. And in Dynasty, he's probably the uh, um, the player that I want most for the long term there for the Bears. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I do love Brisket. Um, mm-hmm. If you are in a cornerback league, we're not talking about a ton of corners on today's episode. But one guy that I did want to mention was Kyler Gordon because he has been playing 100% of snaps through two weeks. And he is manning that nickel corner role, which is very valuable for a cornerback. Now, obviously, 
if you're playing in a sleeper league, for example, where DB is DB and you can start a safety or a corner, you'll probably prefer to start a safety over him. But if you're in a cornerback required league, he he's getting very favorable usage. And while it will you know be volatile, it'll fluctuate week to week as it always does at the cornerback yep. position. There are few roles usage wise that are as desirable as the one that he plays. So just keep an eye on him if you are in that kind of a format. Agreed. Let's go ahead and jump into Chiefs versus Colts. First up, the Chiefs, we've got the edge, the rookie, George Karloftis. Curious George with a B grade. Linebackers, Nick Bolton with an A grade. And while Willie Gay is suspended, we could potentially be keeping an eye on Leo Chanel with a C grade. And then safeties, Justin Reed with a B grade and Juan Thornhill with a C grade. Now, Bobby, before I hand it off to you, I did want to mention we have seen some outlier usage from the linebacker groups in Kansas City so far. Now, historically, they have rotated linebackers heavily, and it has been extremely difficult to predict week-to-week success at the position. But so far this season, for the first two weeks, we've actually seen them use two linebackers at a pretty high rate, which was very exciting up until the point when one of those two linebackers got a four-game suspension. So now we're back to being confused. Nick Bolton seems great. And while he's not a 100% snap player, he's about as close as you can get. Mm -hmm. Now, the second linebacker is a question mark. Do we expect them to use a new linebacker with the same volume that Willie Gay was being used? Or will they continue to rotate that second position because they're missing out on Willie Gay? That's why Leo Chanel is mentioned, but given a C grade. If you need a shot in the dark and you need a home run, Leo Chanel could be the guy. Because if you're in a uh, redraft league or even in a dynasty league, he's probably not highly valued right now because he's not been given a bunch of volume so far this season. But he could very well elevate into that Willie Gay role this week and boost his dynasty value if he happens to get some work in the next four weeks. Bobby, Mm -hmm. what say you? Yeah, I couldn't agree more, Evan. That's the main thread that we're really paying attention to with Kansas City. You know, they have the other defensive linemen that you need to um, you need to be paying attention to the Chris Jones. You need to be pay attention to the Frank Clarks. Um, and then you need to be paying maybe a little bit of attention to uh, the defensive lineman that they brought in from uh, Seattle. Um, but I couldn't agree with you more. I think a lot of people would probably think that um, Justin Reed, Juan Thornhill, some of the DBs might drop down into the box and play a little bit more. But I'm going to tell you, Leo Chanel is better. Um, he's a better rookie linebacker. Um, than most anticipate, uh, I believe, week three in uh, 2022. Most of the time, a, a rookie linebacker um, with the draft pedigree of Leo Chanel would not be one that a lot of coaches would throw to the Wolves. But um, just, I agree, Evan, just keep an eye on Leo Chanel because um, Willie Gay was playing great, but uh, at least through the next several weeks as, as we're going through getting into some buys, uh, you need to start paying attention to some deeper leagues. I guarantee you, Chanel is available on almost all of your waiver wires. Absolutely. Very also, Legereus Sneed is also as well. Yes, we absolutely. Cornerback required leagues. Legereus Sneed is a set and forget player at the position. Mm-hmm. Let's go ahead and look at the Colts now. We've got Quiddy Pay with a B grade and Yannick Ngakwe with a C grade. Then at linebacker, we've got Bobby Okereke with an A grade. Shaq Leonard, maybe if he's healthy, obviously he's an A grade, but if he's not, we've got Zaire Franklin with a C grade only because we're worried about the health status for Shaq Leonard. And then Nick Cross with a C grade, backup Rodney McLeod with a C grade, 
and Julian Blackman with a C grade. Man, this safety room is an absolute mess. It looked so beautiful after one week when we had Nick Cross and Julian Blackman getting all the work. And then week two came around and Julian Blackman got a shoulder injury. Rodney yeah. McLeod and Nick Cross were rotating for the first half. And then Nick Cross got outright benched at the end of the third quarter. It's an absolute mm-hmm. mess. So that's why I have a C grade for all these players, because obviously there's some upside with a player like Nick Cross if he mm-hmm. earns back that full volume role. But we don't know what to expect because it's only week three. And clearly this defense is trying to figure out who they want to play, where and when. Bobby, mm-hmm. is there anything else you want to call out here about this this defense? I mean, also pay attention to Kenny Moore. Kenny Moore is probably a B grade for us. Um, but the offense is like the defense, and the defense is like the offense. You know, you want JT, and you want uh, Shaq Leonard if he's playing. If not, Bobby Okereke is a nice little uh, consolation prize. But offensively, I'm not starting Matt Ryan. You know, what are you doing with Alec Pierce? There's not a tight end of note. Uh, Michael Pittman. What does he look like this year? It's just going to be a very disappointing year, I feel like, for the Colts offensively. And and the defense is trending towards being that way. Quiddy Pay is coming on a little slow. Give it time. Maybe with some patience, Quiddy Pay and Yannick find their way. But um, for the Colts, offensively and defensively, it has just been a slow trot uh, to begin the year. Absolutely. All right. Let's talk about the Raiders and the Titans. Now, the Titans coming off a really, really tough week two loss to the Bills on defense. Why do I have to mention that? I'm sorry, Titans fans. You guys listening in, I'm just, <sighs> you guys are just catching strays for no reason. I'm, mm-hmm. I apologize. But we've got Jeffrey Simmons, D tackle, A grade, Danico Autry with a B grade, Rashad Weaver with a C grade. He had a great week one and a really weak week two. You like that, Evan? That was injured. for you. Yeah, I appreciate that. That was that was a, that was interesting. <laughs> mm-hmm. David Long with a B grade, Kevin Byard safety with a B grade, and Amani Hooker also safety with a B grade. I wanted to mention David Long because going into the season, I had a lot of hope that he would be a full time player, and he is basically a full time player, but he hasn't been playing one hundred percent of snaps. Mm-hmm. So that gives me just a little bit of concern about his weekly volatility. The greater a percentage of snaps a linebacker plays, the higher their weekly floor can be. And when a linebacker plays anywhere just below 100% of snaps, it gives me some some cause for concern just because if they're not a full-time player, that means they're being taken off the field for something. And mm-hmm. who's to say how often that something happens? You know, Maybe he's a 96% one week, but what if he's an 80% the next week? Mm-hmm. It seems like a small change, but it could be a big difference to his potential production so that's why we have him at a b and not at an a he's still a great starting asset but mm-hmm. just not as safe as somebody like you know a bobby okereke who we just know for a fact is going to get every single snap bobby anybody else you want to call out here no i agree with you david long has been disappointing i almost feel like david long could go the other way david long could go towards the c category if um if his playing time doesn't get a little bit more steady and if his production doesn't get better um, he has just been very average right now. But um, let me ask you this, and this is a dynasty question. This isn't really about this week, but on the podcast this week, Adam asked me if Jeffrey Simmons is now the D tackle one in the NFL ahead of Aaron Donald in dynasty. So Evan, answer the question for me. It's a tricky question because it depends on what you value for dynasty. Obviously, there's oh no objectively gosh. correct answer. 
George Pickens just had one of the craziest back shoulder one hand catches I have ever seen. And I hate to do that to you on the podcast, but you will you see hate it, to I'm do sure it to here. me. I'm a Steelers fan. That's what we want I'm, to hear. I will. Uh, you can watch it here in a little bit. Oh, my goodness. That was amazing. OK, continue. I'm not I'm surprised so, I'm in so the slightest. Sorry. I'm just sad it took this long for Mitch Trubisky to give him the ball. But oh, well, we'll move Pickens, on. He's pretty unreal. But continue on. Yeah. If I'm trying to win now, I'm taking Aaron Donald. If I'm trying to build for the future, I'm taking Jeffrey Simmons. That's the the simple way to put it. it. It's a lot more nuanced than that, but it always is with Dynasty. Aaron Donald is going to be the D-tackle one until he re- retires, but the whole point mm-hmm. of Dynasty rankings, and I was actually having this conversation earlier in the week with some league mates as well, how heavily do you value, do you value longevity? For example, we were talking about Fred Warner and the fact that we believe he's very talented and should be in the league for a long time. But the problem is on a year-by-year basis, he doesn't always produce as well as some lower dynasty value players simply because maybe he isn't healthy or doesn't get the ball as much because the offense is avoiding him or whatever the reason might be. So the question is, do you value short-term production or longevity? And generally speaking, I prefer short-term production because it's easier to win this year than it is to win next year. And Mm -hmm. I can always make transactions down the road to help me win in the future. But if I'm building for later and sacrificing the now, I am probably not going to be successful. So I would still Mm -hmm. prefer Aaron Donald, even though obviously he is aging and he's going to be gone soon. I'm willing to bite the bullet on that simply because I believe he can produce higher than any other D tackle. I love it. I love it. I, uh, I'm going to ride AD out to his retirement as well. So that, that's the correct answer. Awesome. I'm glad we're in agreement there. <laughs> Let's talk about the Raiders. We've got Mad Max Crosby, A-grade. Divine Diablo, safety, sorry, at linebacker. I keep thinking about safety because he used to be dual eligible and he came out as a safety. But Divine Diablo, <laughs> linebacker with a B-grade. Jonathan Abram, the safety with a B-grade. Nate Hobbs with a B-grade. Jayon Brown with a C-grade. Denzel Perryman with a B grade, Chandler Jones opposite Max Crosby with a C grade, and Bilal Nichols with a C grade. Bobby, I'm going to let you talk about this team first. Is there anything mm-hmm. that you believe needs to have some light shed on it? Um, we've been trying to shed light on Devon Diablo and the the snaps that have uh, continued. I, th- I believe his 2021 snaps were increasing late in the year, and uh, that continues to be the case. He continues to be. Um, very productive in the middle of that defense. And, um, you know, Mad Max is a guy that is kind of starting a little bit slower than we thought. Um, IDP leagues, I know it's week two. We're still early on. There are a lot of teams that, um, you know, are 0-2. I've got several 0-2 teams. I've got several 2-0 teams. Um, patience is definitely the key in IDP. Um, don't pack it in too early. Um, but also don't victory lap it too soon. And the Raiders could be, um, they could be one of the teams that we need to be patient with, not only defensively, but offensively as well as Carr kind of uh, gets his legs under him. Um, No, I I think these grades are pretty good. The linebackers are a little bit messy, mixing in Brown, Perryman, and Diablo. Uh, I have Diablo in several true position LB leagues, and he's he's leading my team and doing a great job. Um, But... Um, nobody. I mean, Hobbs has been fine as well. Jonathan Abrams, I think, is playing well on the field, but maybe not producing a ton for IDP. Just nobody really here that excites me too much, even though I know a lot of people are uh, 
big triple X max fans. I hear you. I would like to make the ambiguous a little less ambiguous for the listeners here. Divine Diablo, I have confidence in his workload. I believe he is a full-time player regardless of Denzel Perryman's injury status. Now, yeah. if Denzel Perryman plays, I think you can put him in. I think the B grade is accurate. If he does not play, I would elevate Jayon Brown into a high C or a low B grade because his workload is dependent upon Denzel Perryman's injury status. So just, yes. you know, now uh, that's that's how you should organize it in your head. Uh, mm-hmm. Chandler Jones is one of those guys that is a low floor, high ceiling kind of play. It really just depends on your matchup and the depth of your league. But I think the C grade might scare some people off, but that's just the truth of the situation. It's it's at a position that that you would you would prefer to have some a safe tackle floor. And if you're mm-hmm. not getting that, then there is definitely some more risk involved. But I think that's enough time on the Raiders. Let's go ahead and move on to the Bills and the Dolphins. This one is going to be a very exciting game, I hope. Mm-hmm. But let's talk about what seems to be the best defense in the league with the Bills defense. We've got legendary Von Miller with the triangle hairdo on the back of his head with an A grade. We've got Greg Rousseau with an A grade. Linebacker Matt Milano with an A grade. Terrell Bernard, we did not give a grade, but pay attention to him because he's an exciting young player. Tremaine Edmonds, also linebacker with an A grade. And then the safeties, Jordan Poyer with an A grade and Micah Hyde with a B grade. Bobby, this team seems pretty simple. The players that they have starting are really good. And the players that they don't have starting are at least interesting just to see if they can increase their value. Does anything even need to be added to that? You know, I think something that I'm learning so far, 24 minutes into this podcast, is that uh, offensively, a lot of these teams are grading out the same defensively. You look at the Bills on offense. Josh Allen's an A. Stephon Diggs is an A. Gabe Davis is probably a B. Um, you've got a lot of good players on the offensive side of the ball. Here, you've got a lot of good players on the defensive side of the ball. Greg uh, Von Miller and uh, Greg Rousseau both look like great um, stashes, um, not stashes, great starts for uh, for the longevity of 2022 as long as they're healthy. Matt Milano and Tremaine Edmonds have played better, I think, than we anticipated them to to start with. They look like LB 10 to 20 with possibly... LB1 upside for the year, at least in my opinion. Uh, we talked about that on the podcast this week, that Tremaine is actually playing for a contract this year. Um, it's worth noting that Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde, I, I think both are banged up right now. Um, so look at your leagues and see if um, those guys are actually going to get the start for uh, for the beginning of the, uh, um, of the game, and uh, we'll go from there. Absolutely. And I like what you said about both of those linebackers having linebacker one overall upside. If there's one thing that I've learned in my small time playing IDP is that volume is king. Just like Mm -hmm. taste is king for some, volume is king for IDP. And I think it's important that we note that any linebacker that plays 100% of snaps has a chance to end the week as the linebacker one. It's just such a volatile position. It's not like offense where it's like, hey, Cooper Cup is clearly going to finish the week as the wide receiver one it's yeah anybody anybody who plays 100 of snaps could get lucky enough to get 18 tackles think kamu grusher hill in in week one mm-hmm. i doubt there were very many people that expected that but it happened because he had the volume and so yeah. that's why i really like investing into these cheaper linebackers a great example being matt milano because if you're on the field for that many snaps you have just as good a chance to end as the linebacker one as any other linebacker that mm-hmm. gets that same amount of snaps now Obviously, there are some smaller factors at play like uh, 
zone call percentage and where you line up specifically. But aside mm-hmm. from that, there are not very many difference makers at linebacker after you reach that A tier of full volume play. Mm-hmm. So just, you know, you take your losses when you do, kind of like Logan Wilson last week, but you also take your dubs when you do. So just keep that in mind. Don't overrate the perceived value of a linebacker and instead kind of be a little bit more generous with your perception of them. Let's go ahead and jump into the Dolphins. On the defensive line, we've got Emmanuel Ogba with a B grade, Jalen Phillips with an A grade, Melvin Ingram with a C grade, and Christian Wilkins with a B grade. At linebacker, we have Jerome Baker with a C grade, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. And then Mm -hmm. at defensive back, we have Brandon Jones with a C grade, Xavier Howard with a B grade, Javon Holland with a C grade. Now, I really quickly want to talk about Jerome Baker because I discussed it this week on my podcast. He has been playing, I believe it's been either 20 or 40% of his snaps on the defensive line. I wish I could remember that number off the dome, but it's been a very significant portion of his snaps at edge. And that has led to fewer tackles than I'm sure many managers were expecting. Because when a linebacker lines up at that position, they tend to have lower tackle efficiency. And so we're noticing fewer tackles. Shocker there. So we have Jerome Baker at that C grade because even though he is getting high volume of snaps, where he's getting those snaps is concerning. And another concern is Brandon Jones with a C grade. And you might be curious, Brandon Jones crushed in week one. He got a ton of volume. But in week two, Mm -hmm. he got significantly less value because he had a teammate come back and split time with him. Now, I don't understand that situation fully, and I'm sure as the season progresses, I will be able to look at the data and understand it a little bit better. But at least for this week, there is some serious concern about Brandon Jones' volume and therefore his production. Bobby, what say you? Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Brandon Jones, week one, 57 snaps, 11 tackles, one sack, one forced fumble. Week two dropped to 38 snaps and only saw four tackles. So the reason for the C for me is just I don't like the fluidity. I like the constant um, high percentage of snaps, especially for a DB, like you're saying. These DBs, there's too many of them to go around. I want to see 90% snap percentage out of my defensive back. I don't want to see them drop from uh, go from 57 snaps to 38 snaps. That's not something that makes me feel super comfortable about plugging them into my lineup. So um, is the talent for Brandon Jones and Javon Holland there? Absolutely. Um, but I want to see a week in and week out before I feel comfortable rolling them out. I agree. And another note real quick, I really wanted to mention Jalen Phillips on the podcast this week, but I had a hard time coming up with any like interesting argument that was worthwhile. I looked Mm -hmm. at his pressures. I looked at his snaps. I looked at his PFF grades and everything. He's not playing poorly. He's getting good volume. He's pressuring the quarterback occasionally and his pass rush grade has been okay. He just hasn't been producing as well as I'm sure managers are hoping for him, but he's a hold, hold out hope that he will have some positive regression. But at this point, you can't necessarily sell him because you will probably regret it. So let's go ahead and move on to the Lions and the Vikings. Lions first, the rookie, Aiden Hutchinson. We have an A grade. The rookie sensation linebacker Malcolm Rodriguez with a B grade. Now I'm going to debate that with you, Bobby, in a little bit, but we'll get back to that. The Alex Anzalone experiment with a B grade and safety Tracy Walker 
with an A grade. So let's talk about Malcolm Rodriguez for a sec. You have him listed as a B. I have him listed as a C. And the reason for that for me is simply because of his snap volume. He's not a full-time player yet. Now his snaps have been increasing and he's getting a majority of snaps as of last week. But I still have a strong level of concern about his production simply because of his age and because I, I just don't know if I have enough of a sample size to be confident in his snap volume. But uh, why do you disagree with me? Why would you give him a B grade? I'm curious. I like the talent. Basically, it was what it boils down to. And I know throughout this podcast so far, you know, sometimes we don't necessarily trend towards the talent. We want to trend towards the snaps, at least early on in the season. Sometimes the talent will win out as the season goes on. But week one, 46 snaps, had six tackles. Week two, the snaps increased the 54 snaps, and he had eight tackles. Um, I think the talent is there. Derek Barnes is not that guy. I don't think Alec Anzalone is that guy either. Um, The potential for Malcolm Rodriguez is going to be there, and I think he is actually a pretty talented linebacker. So um, the Lions are just a surprising team, and Malcolm Rodriguez um, maybe can lead them to maybe a 500 season. Who knows? But if you grab Malcolm Rodriguez, in your IDP drafts, wow, you were brilliant. Uh, if you grabbed him on the waivers, um, you were smart as well because he looks like he could be um, a nice little LB2 to uh, to your IDP team in 2022. You know, Bobby, I, I think you've got me coming around on him. I That was a good argument. I think you mm. have me convinced. If I if I have the ability to add him anywhere, I, I doubt I can. I have some mm-hmm. league mates that are pretty sharp, so they probably snatched him up. But If you can get your hands on Malcolm Rodriguez, even if you don't need to start him this week, he is a great stash, just like you mentioned, because I have to believe that he beats out Alex Anzalone at some point. So let's Mm -hmm. go ahead and move on to the Vikings defense. And we'll start on the defensive lines. Darius Smith and Daniil Hunter, an amazing duo at edge, both with A grades. At linebacker, we have Eric Kendricks, who I will debate you, and Jordan Hicks with a B grade both. And Harrison Smith, the safety, with an A grade, although I would keep an eye out for him. I believe he got a concussion recently, so keep an eye on him. But let's start off talking about Eric Kendricks. Now, you have him as a B grade. My argument for him being an A grade is simply because he is a full-time player. He sees every snap, and I believe he's really talented. I think it's as simple as that, so I'm curious what you would downgrade him for. Jordan Hicks is just really annoying. You know, and we learned that via 2021. Look at Isaiah Simmons and Zavin Collins. Um, Jordan Hicks is going to get playing time. They're going to play both linebackers. And I agree with you. While Eric Hendricks is a very good player, he has been the only very good linebacker in Minnesota for quite some time. Anthony Barr is garbage and has been nothing um, to help for, for Eric Hendricks in the last couple of years. And I, as bad as I think Jordan Hicks kind of is, um, NFL teams think differently, and Jordan Hicks is actually going to put up some IDP points. I am embarrassed to say that in one league, I start Jordan Hicks and Eric Kendricks both. Um, it's a true position LB league. Um, I'm not super happy about it, but um, waivers are depleted. Nobody's really making trades, and uh, we're just kind of rolling with it. So while I kind of agree with you that the talent for Eric Kendricks is an A, um, the opportunity in 2022. It's just kind of what brings about the B for me. That makes sense. Yeah, Jordan Hicks but just could be stealing wrong. all of those all of those tackles. Yeah, I mean, 
I think anybody with Eric Kendricks is probably starting him regardless of whether or not we grade him with an A or a B. But I do think it's fair that you can kind of close your eyes just a little bit or at least squint while you do it just because, you know, it's a little scary having Jordan Hicks also on the field for the vast majority of snaps. Uh, mm-hmm. I also wanted to mention Harrison Smith. Obviously, he's an amazing player. And if he's yes. on the field, you're probably starting him. There are a couple backup options. Obviously, we've been excited for first-round rookie Lewis Seen to make his NFL debut, and it has just not been anything. He's probably played like one snap. Um, We've actually been seeing Cameron Bynum play a significant portion of snaps. So he could be somebody to keep your eye on as well. And I wish I could remember the player's name off the top of my head that actually saw the third most snaps at safety for the Vikings last week. I'll have to look that up. Maybe you can fill some airtime while I do that in a sec. But sure. in the event that Harrison Smith misses, it is not a lock that Lewis Seen is the starter there. It's possible yeah. you see another player. So I will mention that player's name in just a moment. But uh, let me Bobby, walk through these two teams. Yeah, let yeah. me walk through these two teams here next while you're while you're looking that up, Evan. Let's get to the Ravens and the Patriots. Uh, so for the Ravens, Pat Queen we have with a B, which is maybe a little generous. Chuck Clark we have with a C. Adafi Owe we have with a B, which again is maybe a little too generous. Marcus Williams we have with an A. Kyle Hamilton, uh, worth noting right now just because he was drafted so highly and he's a rookie. Um, we have as a C. Don't start Kyle Hamilton. His snaps aren't there. Um, Justin Majibuke we have there with a B. Um, I don't really want to talk about the Ravens, to be honest with you, Evan, because it's just so gross. If you have Marcus Williams, um, just like Adam said on the last podcast, if you've got the smokes, you know, smoke them while you got them. Um, that's kind of my thoughts here. Odafe Owe will have some games where he gets some, uh, uh, gets some sacks, but I'm not sure that they're going to be all the time. So the Ravens are just kind of gross defensively for me uh, this year. Yeah, I agree with you. It's it's really tricky just because it's either a lack of talent at one position or a lack of volume at another position. So yes, it's just it's difficult to deal with. Uh, jumping back to that previous topic, if we do indeed see Harrison Smith miss the game, there is a chance that safety for the Vikings, I believe you pronounce it, Josh Metellus, he saw 10 snaps of 73 last week, which is not significant, but Lewisine only saw one. So the question is, do you see Lewisine get more volume because the team wants the rookie to have a, a bigger workload? Or do you see Josh Metellus play the, the majority of snaps simply because that's what happened in week two? I don't know. I would barely give him a C grade, but if you're in a super deep league and you need a one week rental at safety, he could be a guy that, you could easily pick off waivers because I would bet so, so much money that he's on waivers right now. So oh, yeah. just keep that in mind. Just wanted to throw his name out. Let's uh, let's go and jump into the Patriots, unless there's anything else you wanted to add about the Ravens, Bob? Sure not. <laughs> Sounds about right. All right, let's go ahead and talk about, on the defensive line, we've got Matt Judon with an A grade. Christian Barmore with a C grade, unless you're in a defensive tackle league. Linebackers, it's tricky here. We just have the player names, so it really depends on which league format you're in, if these players are listed as safeties or linebackers. But I'll just go ahead and start from the top of the list. We've got Kyle Duggar with a B grade, Jabril Peppers with a C grade, Adrian Phillips with a C grade, and Juwan Bentley with a C grade. One of these players just got injured earlier this week, and I pay so little attention to the Patriots that in my head they're all basically the same player because they all basically Mm -hmm. do the same thing. I forgot Mm -hmm. which player it was. 
So it if was you Kyle have Duggar. one of these guys, it was it was who? It was Duggar. Okay. Do you remember yeah, what Kyle the injury Duggar. was or if there's any concern about him missing time this week? I don't remember what the injury was, but we did talk about it on the podcast. Um, Jabril Peppers, I think, saw his playing time increase some. I think we could also see Adrian Fields' playing time increase some if Duggar were to miss an extended amount of time. I agree with you. Far more in D-tackle leagues. Jawan Bentley, if you're getting desperate. But if you're a good IDP manager, you're not really depending on any of these guys. Kyle Duggar is fun and is um, very productive when he is given the snaps. But don't trust Bill Belichick in your RBs or your DBs. The only person that I'm really trusting from this lineup right now is Matt Judon. He's starting like he did in 2021. Um, So far through two weeks, he has nine tackles and two sacks. If he continues that to your playoffs, I will be completely fine with Matt Junon. He is uh, he was a great um, addition to the Patriots in 2021, and he is another IDP, at least to me, worth rostering. The only one really worth rostering to me for the Patriots in 2022. Yes, I couldn't agree more. Him and his red sleeves are a valuable addition sure. to that team. Mm-hmm. Let's go ahead and talk about the Bengals and the Jets. Now, surprisingly enough, Jets have a better record than the Bengals going into this week, so we'll see how this game goes. I was trying to do some game predictions earlier today, and I was looking at this matchup, and I was trying to convince myself to take the Bengals because I was like, surely it's the Bengals, and it was kind of difficult, but we don't need to talk about that. I just thought about thought about that matchup. It's very interesting. So obviously, we've got on the defensive line, Trey Hendrickson and Sam Hubbard, both with A grades, linebackers, Logan Wilson and Jermaine Pratt. Wilson with an A grade, Pratt with a B grade, and safeties, Von Bell and Jesse Bates, both with a B grade. Wanted to quickly talk about Logan Wilson. I mentioned this earlier on this podcast, and I mentioned it on my podcast earlier this week. He saw 100% of snaps this week, and he only had like three tackles. So managers like, oh my gosh, can I trust this guy? Yes, you can trust him. He had a down week. Don't worry Mm -hmm. about it. That is the end of my five. Absolutely. Logan Wilson can be trusted. Opportunity now to buy him low, I feel like, in a lot of your leagues. Uh, Logan Wilson is one LB to me that has that top five potential, uh, especially has that nice, high tackling floor. Trey Henderson is going to continue doing what he's doing. Um, He's a solid A. Sam Hubbard is also a solid A. Jermaine Pratt, seeing, seeing some pretty healthy snaps in your deeper leagues, I feel fine with a B. Um, the yucky ones to me here are Von Bell and Jesse Bates. I'm not super happy with the way that they're starting uh, their season. Their IDP points are a little bit low. I expect Von Bell to um, to increase his production in the next couple weeks. I expect him to kind of right the ship. I don't think Jesse Bates is actually a good defensive back. Um, I think that's probably why they're going to franchise tag him this year and then probably let him walk to uh, – the free agency next year but yes agree with you uh logan wilson is a good buy right now in my eyes if you can pry him from uh, some other uh crying manager absolutely not that i expect him to have a down week but if by some off chance he does have a down week every single one of you guys that are listening to this podcast that is not currently rostering logan wilson should mm-hmm. trade for logan wilson Yes, um, agreed. That's the end of my thought once again. Let's go ahead and move on to the Jets. On the defensive line, we've got Carl Lawson with a B grade, Quinnen Williams with a B grade, John Franklin Myers with a C grade. At linebacker, we've got Quincy Williams with a C grade, which I would like to debate 
And we have Quan Alexander with a B grade. I would also like to debate. And CJ Mosley with a B grade. I do agree with that one. Finally, mm. at safety or defensive back, we have Jordan Whitehead with a B grade and Ashton Davis with a C grade. So a couple thoughts first. Jordan Whitehead, I believe, got injured or sick or something recently. So keep an eye on that. I'm not mm. sure he's out, but if he is, just be aware of that. Ashton Davis, I I talked about LaMarcus Joyner actually on the podcast earlier this week who has been seeing 100% of snaps through two weeks. Mm-hmm. If you are starting Ashton Davis or if you're considering starting Ashton Davis, you should also be looking at LaMarcus Joyner who plays yes. primarily free safety but has all of the snaps. Now for the linebacker position, Quincy Williams continues to outsnap Quan Alexander. And while Quan Alexander had a fantastic week two, I don't exactly expect his tackle efficiency to continue to be that high, which is why I would bump Quincy Williams over Quan Alexander in the letter grades. But I would also understand if managers just don't believe that Quincy's talented and just believe that Quan takes over at some point. So Bob, that's mm-hmm. that, or do you have another reason for doing that? No, I agree. Um, before I forget as well, Quentin Williams, I believe less left last week with an injury. I, I expect him not to play this week. So Keep an eye on that if he's in your starting lineup. Um, Quan and Quincy are very similar. It could be a very maddening year for IDP managers. It could just be unexpected snaps for one or the other. It could just be whatever Robert Sala is feeling from one week to the next. CJ Mosley is probably the only linebacker, aside from deeper leagues or best ball or something, that I really want to put um, put a lot of faith into for this year. Um Agreed. Uh, LaMarcus Joyner. Gosh, how old is that dude? He was a uh, Rams franchise tag way back when. I can't believe that he's still seeing 100% of the snaps. But I would like to also see Carl Lawson uh, kind of get home a little bit here and, the, and get another sack here in the next couple weeks to solidify um, what we think is a, a nice little comeback off of the Achilles injury. But I, I don't have the energy to, uh, to argue with you about Quincy or Quan, nor do I really care. <laughs> I hear you. They're both very unexciting players that could, you know, have a splash week here and there. Let's go ahead and talk about the Eagles and Commanders. Eagles first. Josh Sweat, B grade. Hassan Reddick, also a B grade. At linebacker, we've got Kaiser White with a B grade, TJ Edwards with an A grade, and Nicobe Dean. You've got a B grade. I've got him at a C. I'll share my thoughts there. Defensive mm-hmm. back, CJ Gardner Johnson. They do also have some interesting safety options. Um, I believe it's Marcus Epps who has been having himself quite a season so far. I expect there to be some negative regression for him because he's been playing primarily deep. And we don't tend to see deep safeties score that many points going forward. But if you congratulations, you got a spike week. Let's talk N'Kobe Dean real quick. He has seen very limited snaps so far this season. And so I'm concerned about his snap volume, but... I'm curious, have you seen something that I haven't seen? And what's your thought process here? No, you're right. This is a C. I'm just, it's my dynasty brain that I can't always turn off. Um, For this week, yes, he is a C. For the foreseeable foreseeable future, he is a C. Um, Unless we start to see Kaiser White's snaps um, kind of dwindle some, maybe they bring N'Kobe on later on in the year. The Eagles look like they're really good, so they're probably just going to try to keep things steady, I would say. Um, the only thing that I really had to say is Josh Sweat. I have acquired him in several leagues this week. Um, I think he has 
Um, nice DL3 with possibly DL2 potential this year. And his snaps are going to be a little bit more fluid with um, Brandon Graham's injury. Um, Hassan Reddick has not been playing great. Sweat seems to be kind of the only mainstay there on that defensive line, even though they have a lot of interior guys who are enormous and have amazing RAS scores. Um, but no, Josh Sweat was my flag plant in 2021. Um, maybe I'm just a year late. I I, uh, I really like Josh Sweat. Yeah, I agree. And I, my heart is with you on Nicobe Dean. I'm very excited for him to become something. Um, I hope it's sooner rather than later. I apologize to Kaiser White managers, but <laughs> it's always fun when we see exciting young players get work. So, um, But it is also difficult when a team is doing well but also doing it in a way that we don't like because they are not incentivized to change things. So uh, it's hard to imagine Nicobe Dean getting more work in the foreseeable future, like you mentioned, but when he does, we'll be very excited for that because their defensive scheme is very productive for linebackers. Let's talk about the commanders. We'll start on the defensive line. We got Deron Payne with an A grade, Montez Sweat with a B grade, Jonathan Allen with a B grade linebackers, Jamin Davis with a C grade and Cole Holcomb with a B grade and that defensive back. We've got Derek Forrest with a C grade. We'll talk about that in a sec. Cameron curl with a B grade. We will watch out for injury there. And then we have Bobby McCain with a C grade. So if Cameron curl is healthy, we like him a lot. If he's not healthy, Derek Forrest is an interesting player to keep your eyes on. And I think probably one of the reasons why we have these players graded the way that we do is because even if Cameron Curl is healthy, Derek Forrest has made a name for himself. I think the commanders have an interesting way of taking safeties that might not have been highly valued going into the season, take Cameron Curl, for example, and turning them into solid assets. So perhaps Cameron Curl is the new Landon Collins in this instance where, uh, you know, Derek Forrest has just turned himself into a valuable asset and perhaps that changes how they run the defense. So if you can afford to wait it out and see how week three looks or week four, whenever it is that Cameron Curl comes back, be patient with it and let's see how they, the workload breaks down. But Bobby, where, where are your thoughts on this situation? Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think Derek Forrest has shown enough in the first two weeks that um, that we're going to rely on him possibly even after Cam Curl returns. I think that really what we see is how much Bobby McCain needs to be faded. Um, I don't think McCain is a good player. I think he's probably the one that could lose snaps if Curl comes back. Um, Montez Sweat needs to step it up. The reason I put Deron Payne with an A, um, he's really a B player, but he has been very productive with his playing time. I believe about 50 snaps in two games. He has three to four tackles each game and has two sacks on the season. So um, in Chase Young's absence in 2022, Ron Payne has been playing very, very well. So I hope that it continues. I don't know that it is going to. It might be a nice buy low time on Montez Sweat. Um, but that's at least how I'm projecting the future for the commanders. I agree with you. Let's talk about Rams and Cardinals. First off, the Rams. Aaron Donald obviously has an A grade. Why would you expect anything else? Leonard Floyd with a B grade. We've got Bobby Wagner with an A grade. Ernest Jones, a very interesting player I have with a C grade. I'm sure we can have a, a short discussion about him. 
Jalen Ramsey with a B grade and Jordan Fuller with a B grade. They have had some interesting safety usage through the first two weeks with Nick Scott actually seeing a decent portion of snaps. Uh, I can't remember if it was a safety or if it was a cornerback for them that just got injured, but seeing as you're a Rams fan, I'm sure you can give me the update there. As for Ernest Jones, he has been an interesting, efficient tackler with limited snap volume, so I think a C grade probably fits him because most of the linebackers that we've given C grades to have had an argument to have a big week, even with limited volume, and I think that title fits Ernest Jones as well. So what are you thinking here, Bob? What are your thoughts? Yeah, um, Leonard Floyd has been pretty disappointing so far this year. Bobby Wagner, this looked okay to me. I think Bobby Wagner kind of looks like a 30-year-old linebacker at this point. He <laughs> does seem to t- seem to look a touch slow. Um, we talked about the Rams a little bit on the last IDP show podcast. I agree with you. The defensive backs are frustrating right now. Jordan Fuller looked good in week two, but didn't hardly play at all in week one. Taylor Rapp has yet to show himself. Terrell Burgess has gotten some snaps. There's Nick Scott, who is um, who is okay as well. Troy Hill, who's been playing some slot corner as well, looks pretty decent. I'm starting to fade Jalen Ramsey a touch. Maybe he's losing a step um, as the years go on. Ernest Jones. Man, I love Ernest Jones. I love watching him play. Um, I don't want to give too many hot takes yet because I'm going to continue to save those for the IDP show podcast. Um, I'm going to give it a few more weeks before I really let loose on Ernest um, and saying what I really believe. So you're going to have to tune in. But I agree. 80%, if you can get up to 80% uses out of a second linebacker, not only is it the schemes are completely busted, they're away from one linebacker set majority of the time. Um, Ernest Jones is worth rostering now, whereas to begin the year, a lot of people weren't ready to plug him into uh, their IDP lineup. So I could talk to you about the Rams for the next 30 minutes, but I will uh, cease and desist. Understandable. Let's talk about the Cardinals instead. Um, We only have one defensive lineman listed for them, which is Marcus Golden. He's given a B grade at linebacker. We have Zavin Collins with a B grade. Isaiah Simmons, technically a linebacker with a B grade. I would argue even lower, perhaps even a C grade. And at safety, we have Buda Baker and Jalen Thompson, both with B grades. Now, I mentioned this on the podcast earlier, but Isaiah Simmons saw probably like 20% of snaps in week two. And he has seen a significant portion of his snaps through two weeks be in the slot, which has been hurting his tackle efficiency. Now, mm-hmm. if you're playing on sleeper, he's a DB eligible. So this is a different story. But most of the time, he's going to be a linebacker, and that gives me cause for concern. I would prefer to start most other linebackers over Isaiah Simmons if I'm confident in their workload and snap location, even though it hurts my soul to do so because Isaiah Simmons is clearly a a recognizable name. Obviously, you guys can see the Zayvon Collins jersey next to me, and while my heart is very with him, I can understand not putting him at an A simply because he's just an interesting question mark as a player. We still are not very sure how good he truly is, and while playing a very limited role in his rookie year, he seems to be getting almost all the snaps so far but I think we would like to see a little more from him before we give him the set and forget it title. One more thought here on the defensive line. I have been waiting for Cameron Thomas or my Jai Sanders. 
to take over the role opposite Marcus Golden? And the answer has been neither of them. It's been like Devon Kennard and Dennis Gardeck, which is like the least interesting edge rotation you've ever heard of in your life. So thank you, Cardinals, for continuing to let me down. Uh, Bobby, would you like to roast us a little bit before we move on? Um, I actually laid down and watched the YouTube last night and watched Isaiah Simmons highlights from Clemson. And it is amazing to me how many plays he makes from the safety position. Um, and it just makes me kind of wonder whether Arizona starts to maybe move him or transition him to a more safety role, or if other teams potentially could use him um, as a defensive back. His plays from the defensive back position at Clemson um, were unbelievable. I, I know he was kind of the gadgety, um, do-it-all type, quote-unquote, linebacker coming into the uh, NFL draft, but maybe we've just got it all wrong. Maybe Isaiah Simmons needs to be just an enormous style Kyle Hamilton um, that plays defensive back and, and plays in the box. I would want to relate him a little bit more to a, um, a Derwin James size-wise than I would um, a middle linebacker. So agreed. Isaiah Simmons is very disappointing this year, um, but Man, I just can't help but get his Clemson tape out of my mind. Um, he was such a good player. Maybe Kingsbury and Kyle are just maniacs. Maybe, but we'll see. That's not a hot take. I know you said you no. were saving your hot takes, which is why you said this, because it's not a hot take. Not a hot take believe, at all. I cannot believe this coaching staff. Anyways, let's talk about <laughs> some more IDP. Jaguars <laughs> Chargers. Jags first. We got Josh Allen on the defensive line. With an A grade, Trayvon Walker, the exciting first round pick, also with an A grade. Foyasad Oluwokun with A B grade at linebacker, and Devin Lloyd also at linebacker, but him with an A grade. Also at safety, we've got Andre Cisco and Rayshon Jenkins, both with a B grade. Trayvon Walker has been interesting. Obviously, he has not been a huge volume player, but few defensive linemen ever are. He's been somewhat productive. Now, you could argue that it's been off somewhat fluky plays, but the truth is that he is extremely athletic and has immense upside as a starter. Maybe his floor is a little bit lower simply because uh, his development is still occurring and his snap volume is not as high as I'm sure some would like it to be. But there is no denying that if you plug him into your offensive line starting position, there will be a part of your soul that really wants to watch Jaguars football simply because he could wreak havoc. So I, I think that's pretty interesting. Foyer being a B grade, I, I kind of understand. I think he's kind of in between an A and a B personally simply because he sees so many snaps. But I do love me some Devin Lloyd. An A is exactly what he deserves to be. And uh, I would like to know if you have anything to add to that, Bob. No, I don't. Um you know, kind of like Adam's saying, and I feel like this is becoming the motto of the IDP show for 2022, but we're betting on talent. And Trayvon Walker is supremely talented. He is a very, very um, athletic defensive end there, and he's got all kinds of help. And not only do I think that Trayvon Walker is helping Josh Allen, Josh Allen in turn is helping Trayvon Walker. Um, he minimizes a little bit of the double teams from time to time, gives more opportunity for those one-on-one -on -one matchups. And you know, the other thing to take into consideration is the Jaguars aren't as bad as maybe they have been in the last couple of years. Trevor Lawrence, James Robinson, ETN, Christian Kirk, 
they're potentially going to be playing with some leads, which means that Allen and Walker can pin their ears back and really get after the quarterback as these other teams are trying to uh, throw the ball and catch up. So is Trayvon Walker an A for week three? Probably not. Um, but you just watch and see those snaps continue to rise and, uh, and thank us later. Yeah, very, very exciting player. Uh, the Chargers defense has a lot of really interesting players. Let's go ahead and talk about the edge rushers first. We've got Khalil Mack with an A grade. Uh, we also have Joey Bosa with an A grade. And let's also touch on Sebastian Joseph Day with a B grade. At linebacker, we have Drew Tranquil with a B grade. We have Kyle Van Noy with a C grade and Kenneth Murray with a C grade. As for defensive back, Derwin James, the legend, the swaggy legend, with an A grade. We've got uh, Nasir Adderley with a C grade and also Asante Samuel with a B grade. This team seems pretty straightforward. There are a few players that see a lot of snaps and are very talented. Those players we have given an A grade. Could or could not see a decent portion of snaps and could or could not play well, and therefore we've given them a B or a C grade. It seems pretty straightforward to me, Bobby. Does it seem that way to you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the linebackers we're staying away from until we know more or until someone chooses to actually be um, worth rostering in IDP. Derwin James, he's a top 10 defensive back. Uh, I would trade him in Dynasty. We talked about that the other day. I think he's a, he's an athlete, asset worth getting rid of if um, you can get top dollar right now. I know it's midseason, but if you could get a defensive back who's comparable back, plus maybe some picks, um, it's worth thinking about. Khalil Mack is a freak. Um, even at age 30, whatever he is, he is continuing to be good. Joey Bosa, please stay healthy because he is so fun to watch. Um, and then, yeah, I agree. It is a very good team. Um, I am just praying that by week, eh, let's say six, there's one linebacker worth rostering from the Chargers. I would I would really hope for that outcome. Let's go and move on to a Packers Bucks matchup between Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers that for the first time in a matchup between those two teams it might almost entirely be determined by their defense. So let's uh let's give them some love and talk about them. We'll talk about the Packers defense first on the defensive line. We have Rashawn Gary with an A grade, Kenny Clark with an A grade. Uh we also have is he listed here? I don't believe he is, but I'm going to call out Preston Smith as well. Let's go ahead and give yeah. him like a B minus. We At linebacker, here, we have Quay Walker with an A or a B grade. And we also have Devondre Campbell with an A grade. And then at DB, we have Adrian Amos or Amos, depending on your pronunciation, and Darnell Savage with a C grade. Oh, Preston Smith. He is there. Awesome. I, I'm glad that I figured out how to read halfway through this. Uh, <laughs> Dean Lowry is also listed with a B grade. My only concern with Quay Walker is his volume. He's not an every down player yet, and so I don't think I can give any linebacker that's not an every down player an A grade. Maybe this is an instance of dynasty brain uh, because obviously Quay is a very exciting player, but I, I'm curious what your thoughts are with him, Bobby. Yeah, you know, Quay Walker just seems to pop off the screen. We talked about this the other day as well. Um, I agree with you, and I think that I see that your um, your grades here are based off of snap percentage. And while that is supremely valuable, uh, Quay Walker also seems to be pretty efficient as well. Um, 
I think he has big play upside. Yes, the dynasty grade is an A for week three. He should be a B. Um, but man, he is so fun to watch. And um, for the first time in maybe a long time, I would much rather watch the Packers defense than offense. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that's yeah, the same for you. It is. Um, listeners probably don't know this, but I don't watch a whole lot of football, whether that be for work or or whatever. There's a lot of other things I'm doing. And so the vast life. majority of, yeah, yeah, life. That's We'll go with that because it's true. Um, the vast majority of my football knowledge intake comes from data analysis and you know, listening mm-hmm. to other people who are smarter than me. But I do try to watch some games here and there. And the Packers defense is, is definitely one of those teams on the list that I will try to go out of my way to, to, to take in because I believe the Packers will be a great team this year. And if they're going to be successful, that defense is going to need to be successful. Mm-hmm. And so I would, I would like to see how that's going. That in no way has nothing to do with the Aaron Rodgers jersey behind me. I just figured I'd share that thought. Let's go ahead and talk about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. On the defensive line, we've got Shaq Barrett with an A grade, Joe Tryon Shoyinka with a B, sorry, with a C grade, a linebacker, the legends, Devin White and Levante David, both with A grades, and a defensive back, Antoine Winfield, A grade, Logan Ryan, B grade, Mike Edwards, B grade. I wanted to quickly touch on Mike Edwards because he's another player that I mentioned earlier this week on the podcast, he has played 100% of snaps through two weeks and 50% of those snaps have been in the sweet spot. Antoine Winfield has actually shifted over into a slot cornerback role. Those of you more savvy IDP managers probably knew that already. He's probably still listed as a safety though in many leagues, but that is a good thing for Mike Edwards usage because I believe he's an underrated asset. Logan Ryan is a situational player. He doesn't see hundred percent of snaps, but when he does get on the field, he he can be somewhat exciting. This also seems like a pretty straightforward defense, Bobby. Is there anything you'd like to add there before we get to our last I need game? To t- I need to ask you a question, Evan. So today, yeah. I watched your video the other day. I traded Baron Browning in a, uh, we are pre to, uh, pre-true position. So he's a linebacker this year. Uh, potentially, we'll be moving to a defensive end next year. So I moved Baron Browning, who has... Um, He's a multiple-year guy, probably through like 2023 or 2024 contract league. And a 2024 fourth for Mike Edwards. Did I do okay? Uh, This move tells me that you were looking for a safety three or a safety four on a competing team. Is that the case? Correct, correct. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, If this is anything like the RSO leagues that I'm in, I don't believe that Baron Browning is a player that even deserves to be rostered. I don't mm-hmm. think it's so deep a league that Baron Browning is somebody on your team that you should be spending money to keep away from other managers. Yeah. Um, so getting rid of him in and of itself, I believe, is a win for you. And while a fourth-round pick can be somewhat valuable, simply getting the production for Mike Edwards this year, with the injuries that we've seen at safety so far this season, it makes sense that you would want the, no pun intended, but the safety at that position in order for you to be able to be resilient against injuries. So I, I like that trade. It makes sense. It's not, you know, you didn't scam the guy. It's not some total ripoff, but it makes perfect sense. I needed depth. I agree with you. True position. Baron Browning is borderline, not rosterable. And, uh, and I needed the help, but now the bucks are great. If you grab Devin white, 
Um, consider yourself lucky. He looks like he could be a league winner for you this year because his ADP probably dropped a little bit going into drafts um, as he got a little bit yucky in 2021. Um, but yes, Shaq Barrett, elite. Antoine Winfield uh, is good, but is playing a little bit different of a role. And I am going to listen to um, IDP Evan and read all of his articles and throw uh, my Micah Edwards dart uh, in 2022. It's a very good, very good take. I appreciate that. You know, oh, yeah. for a defense as good as the 49ers, and we're going to jump into the 49ers Broncos game here. It's interesting that we only have four players listed because they tend to rotate guys so often at so many positions that it makes it difficult to trust anyone else. But the only defensive lineman we have listed is the one and only Nick Bosa with an A grade. Both linebackers, while full-time players, we do have listed as B grades at Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw. And the safety, Talanoa Hufanga, with an A-grade, has been playing like his hair has on fire and has been Troy Pulamalu reincarnated. We do have him listed as an A-grade because he has been absolutely kicking butt this year. Bobby, if any team could be straightforward and simple, it would be this team. My only argument here is Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw, if you have them, you know, I could I could argue for putting them at an A simply because of the volume that they play at. But sure. If you got Dre Greenlaw, you probably got him cheap, which means you probably have other options. So I would understand keeping him on your bench for a rainy day. Anything to add there? No, I agree. You know, if anyone doesn't like the depth of this podcast and thinks that we should have talked about more players, uh, don't get in Evan's DMs. They were based on things that I came up with. So get in my DMs, send me some hate, and uh, I will make sure not to uh, ever message you again. Um, but yes. Fred Warner, Dre Greenlaw, their snaps are way up there. I think both of them played 100% actually last week. So based on that, they should probably both be A's. Alshair could muddy the water a little bit for Dre, and Fred has kind of started the season a little bit slow. Um, but Talanoa Hufunga, oh my goodness, looks so great. And then Nick Bosa, as long as he can stay healthy, um, will be a top five defensive end for us um, this year. Absolutely. I would also add, don't avoid my DMs. They're they're a very friendly and welcoming place. If DM you would like Evan, to come and don't yeah. DM me. Sure, I'll, I'll take the heat for it just because I enjoy talking to you guys. Let's you also quickly. I'll read it and I'll <laughs> just continue on about my day. Yeah, I'll take a personal. So if you want to make somebody angry, definitely DM me. <laughs> Let's talk about the Broncos, who could probably stand to take a few things personally. Um, on the defensive line. I guess technically Baron Browning, Bradley Chubb also, and Randy Gregory. We have all those guys with a B grade, except for Baron Browning. We have him at a C grade. Josie mm -hmm. Duell, Josie Jewell, listed as a B grade. He has been injured for the first two weeks. So mm -hmm. if he is out, I believe Alex Singleton is the linebacker that you should be interested there. We have Draymond Jones also listed with a C grade. And um, Caden Stearns has been intriguing. Yeah. Now, he got injured, I believe, recently. So I don't know who his backup is, um, but if if Caden Stearns is healthy, he could potentially be a C-grade safety. Um, Randy Gregory, also, I did want to touch on him real quick. I wasn't super impressed at face value, and then I did a little digging, and he's actually been a little bit better than I believe I've given him credit for. I believe he still is at a low snap volume, but his efficiency and his talent as far as a production basis, you know, win rate, pressures, et cetera, has has been respectable. And so I think it's worth at least 
giving him a shout out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you hear the coyotes outside, I apologize. Uh, but also don't apologize because I live in the country. Uh, Amen. But it, anyways, um, it's kind of disappointing a little bit that uh, Justin Simmons is on IR. I think the quadriceps or whatever uh, he's having an issue with. Um, man, just kind of some yuck. You know, Josie Jewell, maybe somebody to kind of put a pin in and pay attention to. But defensive line wise, it's going to be a rotation. Who's going to get the big play? The sack from one week to the next is going to be a little bit messy. Uh, the Broncos, Javante Williams is awesome outside from that. Corlin Sutton's cool, but you know, Russ needs to turn the stove on. Can't cook, the stove's not on. Amen. Yeah, somebody give that guy uh, some grease or something. Maybe the problem is the elevation. I heard something sure. about ovens at high elevation needing to be run differently. I don't know. I live in Arizona, so that's not really a concern of mine. All I do is just like put my stuff in the backyard, and usually after a few minutes, it's dark brown and toasty. So, sure, no worries there. Um, all right, our final game: the Cowboys and the Giants. Let's talk about the Cowboys first. Micah Parsons, obviously, he is about as high grade as you can give any player. Double A, triple A, quadruple A, you name it, he is amazing. Let's also talk about Leighton Vander Esch has elevated himself up to A. Uh, a status we also have some defensive backs we've got donovan wilson with an a grade although i would recommend that you watch out for j ron kierce's injury because Mm -hmm. uh if he's back he's a starter and if he's out donovan wilson could see uh a reduction in volume trayvon diggs also with a b grade and dorance armstrong also with a b grade i also wanted to mention i another player that i mentioned on the podcast earlier week not to you know shout myself out but i'll do no, it no you shout it as many times as you want Evan. anthony barr we just yes. finished dis- dissing him as we were discussing the vikings but anthony barr saw like 80 percent of snaps last week he saw very few snaps in week one but with those snaps anthony barr got a pretty hefty chunk of tackles so while i am in no means striving to get Anthony Barr into my starting lineup. I am at the very least keeping my eye on him because the more Micah Parsons plays on the edge, the more Anthony Barr could see snaps at linebacker. So Bobby, is there anything you'd like to add about them boys? You know, I play a lot of deep IDP leagues, but I also have a Yahoo league that just starts two IDPs. Um, So I love that league, even though, you know, it's a little bit of an introductory league for a, a lot of my buddies. Um, I have, I have to take a little lap. I have Micah Parsons and Minka Fitzpatrick and we are feeling no pain this year. Um, but what a weird year it is, you know, LVE is an A. I mean, he is, he's playing good. You see the snaps, the production is there. Uh, you know, just roll with him while you can. He could get injured next week, but, uh, enjoy him for right now. Donovan Wilson. I just picked him up. Eh, A's probably a little bit of a stretch, but the production's there as well. Dorrance Armstrong is pretty good on that line uh, opposite Micah Parsons beside Osa Odigizua. Um, man, I wish Dak was healthy, and I wish that team was better because I feel like the defense uh, maybe has a lot, little bit of an opportunity to shine this year. And, and what I think, aside from the Eagles, is kind of a weak AFC East, North. What are they? Yeah, that's so uh, NFC, NFC, NFC yeah. East. Okay, whatever so rhymes sorry. with least. Sure, I love that. But 
Uh, another player I forgot to mention earlier, but I'd like to bring up just to hear your thoughts. Demarcus Lawrence. How, yeah. how do you feel about him? Um, what grade wise? Sure. Just in general. What are your thoughts? Uh, let's say C. I mean, like he's getting decent C. tackles. Let's say, let's say B, let's say B. Um, he is still Demarcus Lawrence. Um, Hadn't gotten home yet on the sacks again. Let's be patient with him this year. Um, the plays, the big plays will come, I believe. I, I don't want to, I don't want to write him off quite yet. He does have eleven tackles so far in the year, so that's pretty healthy. Let's give him a B. We should have mentioned him. That was my twelve o'clock brain last night. Um, uh, coming up with this, uh, coming up with the sheet here. So hey, again, hey, we're DM a team. Me, Everything we do, we do Bob. together. Yes, you're good. Uh, all righty. Finally, talking about the the undefeated, the two and zero, the legendary New York world. Football Giants. Um, <laughs> the edges have had some injuries. Aziz Ojolari and Kayvon Thibodeau are both rated as a C grade, partially because we haven't seen them play a real NFL game yet, and partially because they have been injured. If yeah. they are out, uh, if I can remember off the dome, I think it's like O'Shane Zimenez or something. And there's mm-hmm. another guy who have been filling in for them. I would probably give them like a C grade if you need an emergency start. Uh, it linebacker, been your Pittsburgh it. Steelers, Quincy Roche, who I think uh, the Giants let go this year. I really liked Roche. I thought he had some Me potential, too. but continue on. Yeah. Uh, we've got Tay Crowder at linebacker with a B grade only because he's a warm body. If PFF could have like a physical personal dilemma against one single player. I believe that player would be Tay Crowder. I think they probably have like staff notes sent out in an email every single morning with sticky notes on every doorway saying, don't forget we hate Tay Crowder because there is not a single thing Tay Crowder can do to earn a positive PFF grade. Or maybe I should translate that as there's not a single thing that Tay Crowder can do to be a good football player aside from be on the field. Uh, But that is already too much time dedicated to take Crowder. Micah McFadden is intriguing. We have him yes. with a C grade, but you know, simply a, a lot like Malcolm Rodriguez, but to a much lesser extent, somebody you would definitely want to keep your eye on as the season progresses. Uh, Leonard Williams with a B grade. And let's also talk about some safeties. Xavier McKinney with a B grade. And uh, I also wanted to t- touch on Julian Love with a B grade because he has been playing a good portion of his snaps in the box. Um, also, Dane Belton, safety, has been yeah. getting primarily the deep work. Very limited snaps, but I thought I'd mention his name for the Dane Belton fans out there because they are few and loud. Dozens. Dozens. The dozens of, of Dane Belton fans. <laughs> More like the dozens of people that play IDP, but it's all right. Sure. <laughs> uh, any thoughts on this Giants team, Bobby, before we get to our listener questions? Yeah, but most of these grades are based on um, how much attention needs to be paid to them. Aziz mm-hmm. Ojolari is coming back. Kayvon uh, Thibodeau is coming back. Um, they will play in 2022. Keep tabs on them. Xavier McKinney, I expect to take a step as he continues to learn that defense, be the green dot for them. Xavier McKinney was my flag plant this year, and I am sticking to it. Leonard Williams is injured right now, so um, keep tabs on him going into Sunday. And when Josh brought up on the podcast that Jalen Smith was signed to their practice squad, which means literally nothing to me other than maybe they are concerned about Tay Crowder's horrible play 
Um, I don't think Jalen Smith makes the roster again and plays for them a second year after they let him go in 2021. But I agree with what you said. Micah McFadden is a guy to put a pin in because as the year transpires um, and this team continues to be 8-0, and uh, Micah McFadden could be a linebacker worth rostering for them. So you got a taxi squad. McFadden might be a nice little stash. Yeah, I I could not agree more. Um, let's go ahead and jump into our listener questions. This first one comes in from Alpha Kenny. Uh, I referenced this early in the episode, so let's hear what his question is. He says, how do I get Luvu in my lineup? Got to start him over one of Quay Walker, Eric Kendricks, Nick Morrow, Bobby Okereke, and Nick Bolton. Also, smashed with Marcus Williams in your write-up for last week's waiver wire. Thanks, fellas. Um, now, correct me if I'm wrong, but the waiver wire article is that's written by Boobam, right? Correct. Boobam's killing those. Absolutely. So, so shout out Boobam, uh, my RSO rookie ranking partner. Uh, my thoughts here: if I had to bench somebody, it would probably be Quay Walker, just because it seems that he has the lowest snap share of the group especially if Nick Bolton keeps consistently getting as many snaps as he does. Now, this is not an, a, a command. This is not a, a direct, I'm informing you and telling you that this is the move that you need to make. But if you had to have some excuse to bench one player in favor of Luvu, you know, I, if we had this conversation earlier, you love Quay Walker because of the talent. I agree. Yes. He's very talented. I'm just worried about the volatility weekly at the position due to his snap share. So you may disagree with me, and I'm curious who you pick instead. Um, I would probably say Nick Morrow um, and Quay Walker would probably tread the line with me as well. Frankie Louvu through two weeks has 16 tackles, but is seeing the snaps. Um, so he's worth talking about. I mean, I think even in these next couple questions, he he might even be brought up. He is a paraly- uh, paralyzing, not paralyzing, a polarizing figure in 2022 that uh that people either um like or don't like in dynasty i would say be cautious um looking at his player profiler he ran a 489 um he is in the seventh percentile speed score the third percentile burst score and while his agility score is in the 67th percentile his bench press was in the 46th percentile so um Even though his snaps are up, even though you have um, very little acquisition cost in Frankie Louvu, don't be mad if you get the rug pulled out from you midseason. Just enjoy the roller coaster while you are on the ride. Yeah, I like that answer a lot. Let's go ahead and jump into our second question. This one comes in from Eric Harms. Rank these three in redraft and in dynasty. Luvu, Joel, and Diablo. So Frankie Luvu, Josie Duell, and Divine Diablo. Um, would you like to take this one first? I don't want to to bias your opinion here. Uh, I want you to give yours because I already had mine uh, premeditated, Evans. Okay. Um, I'll say Dynasty first. In Dynasty, I would prefer Divine Diablo, Large Gap, Frankie Luvu, Josie Duell. In redraft, I believe there it's a little bit closer between Luvu and Diablo. I think I would probably still prefer Diablo simply because of the 
volume safety. Um, and then Jewel is an interesting player in redraft because we actually haven't seen him play yet this year. And when he does come back, my expectation is that he takes over the full-time linebacker workload, but I don't know how productive he will be there. But it is possible that he elevates his redraft value as well. Something that is interesting to note for Dynasty, Diablo is still on his rookie contract. I believe he has like three years left. Luvu and Joel both have two years left on their contract, meaning this year and next year. But Joel has an out after this season. So uh, just important to note whenever you're referring to uh, Dynasty players, always check their Always check their contract situations. I go to spotrack.com because it's really easy, but you can use whatever source works for you. Bobby, your premeditated rankings. I'm curious. Yeah, so um, redraft, I am going to go Diablo. I'm going to go Luvu, and then I'm going to go Jewel just because that's what we see right now. And if, if you get too fancy early on in the year, you miss the production, Um, you know? while you've got Luvu playing and, and and if the trends continue, then you put him on your bench, but you're going to look up and it's week eight and half of the year has gone by and, um, and you have either elevated or you have, have sunk your team. Um, and then yes, in dynasty, I'm going Diablo. Um, then I'm going to go Josie Jewel. Then I'm going to go Frankie Luvu. I just, I don't know. Uh, Diablo is interesting. I think he's a good player. Josie Jewell will have the opportunity. And even though I don't think he is super dynamic, um, I don't think him or Louvre are worth really holding on to for dear life for very long. Yeah, I agree with you there. Now, our third question, and also ironically, our third question mentioning Frankie Louvre comes in <laughs> from Zanman. Who would you rather have rest of season for a bench stash? Frankie oh, Louvu, Divine Diablo, Zaven Collins, or Malcolm Rodriguez? I answered Zaven Collins, not only because I'm very biased. It's hard to adjust my hand to this camera here. I'm trying to cover up the, the jersey behind <laughs> me. Um, I pick Zaven because he is the only one of maybe the two guys that currently has a full-time workload and seems to have the best chance of keeping that workload. Uh, if I just go player by player, Frankie Luvu is basically 100% of snaps, but mm-hmm. Shaq Thompson is you know, interesting. I don't really know confidently that he's going to maintain that workload. It would be nice if he does, but I don't yes. know that for sure. Divine Diablo seems like he has the full workload locked up, and I kind of expect him to keep the whole season. Zayvon Collins, his only competition is Nick Vigil, and I don't really see Nick Vigil coming in and reducing his snaps. And Malcolm Rodriguez is not currently a full-time player, I'm optimistic that he could take over the role at some point, but I he's not Zayvon Collins. So that's where my heart lies. But Bob, I, I'm sure there is at least some discrepancy in our opinion. So I would love to hear what you, what you say. This is a ridiculous question, um, but not in a negative light, but just because, man, Frankie Louvu for me just treads the line of how much longer is he going to be valuable? I don't expect Shaq Thompson to stay down forever. Jack Thompson will turn it around uh, to some extent. Devon Diablo, there are still Jayon Brown and Denzel Perryman kind of tiptoeing around, and they could elevate their game. Jayon Brown has not been playing bad football in 2022. So really, for me, it comes down to Zayvon Collins and, oddly enough, Malcolm Rodriguez. 
Zayvon Collins because he has the draft pedigree and he also has the snaps right now. But then Malcolm Rodriguez because I really believe in the talent. Um, I really want to say Malcolm Rodriguez, but I'm going to have to agree with you here, Evan. Zayvon Collins is the correct answer. He has the talent. He has the snaps. And even though that seems like a moronic coaching staff, as well as Van Joseph, defensive coordinator, um, Zayvon Collins should maintain his role throughout the year. I hope. Question I hope. mark. Question mark. <laughs> yes. Yep. Absolutely. Um, and our concern is not with Zayvon, but again, like you said, more so with the coaching staff and how yes. confusing the situation I can't is. Can't wait to see Zayvon play 30% of snaps and Simmons get 98 this week. Why'd you have to say that? Come on. I put it out there into existence. <laughs> Just put it out in the universe. Knock on wood. Uh, our final question comes in from my league mate in the RSO Listener League, Ang Buxton. Um, they say, what's good, my guys? Flex help. Devondre Campbell versus Tampa Bay or Joey Bosa versus Jacksonville. Now, I personally would prefer Campbell simply because he's a linebacker, which generally means he has a higher floor and a respectably high ceiling. Mm-hmm. What say you, Bobby? I am going to zig while you zag. I'm going to go okay. Joey Bosa with the pure reason that um, Jacksonville's offensive line doesn't look great. And I think that Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa could eat um, Trevor Lawrence up this week. Trevor Lawrence has kind of been running for his life a little bit in the first two weeks, even though the Jaguars look pretty good. I don't know that you're going to fix your offensive line woes by week three. So um, Devondre Campbell does have a nice floor, but I'm going to bet on the upside for Joey Bosa for week three. I respect that. I I think Joey Bosa has one of those his range of outcomes, let's say he hits a, a 90th percentile range of outcome. It's like a two, three sack game where he just wins you the week. I don't mm-hmm. think Devondre Campbell has that within his range of outcomes. So if you are looking for one of those week winning performances, I think Joey Bosa is the one more likely to have something like that. So I I, I respect that take. I think that's that's a good one. Uh, Ang also says, if time, any sense of whether DJ Reed or sauce will be better IDP plays on a given week. How do you make a decision or how do you make decisions about what to do with rookie DBs? Like Cisco did great last week, but I have no sense of if that's sticky. I'll Mm -hmm. take this one first because you probably have a more thought out answer than I do. Because my answer is simply, I have very limited knowledge of how to accurately predict cornerback success. And all I really use at this point is obviously volume and snap location, but also just offensive mashups with high passing volume. So if you have access to snap share and snap location, obviously the more a player plays, the more likely they are to score points. And the closer they play to the ball, the more likely they are to score points. So if they play in the slot, that tends to be better than playing on the outside. And if they're playing against an offense that throws the ball a lot, there should be more opportunities for them to make plays on the ball or make tackles on the ball receiver. Bob, would you like to add anything to that? Oh my goodness. This is almost a coin flip. Um, I really like DJ Reed production wise, um, puts up several tackles, the better player, man. They said IDP player. So 
gosh, probably DJ Reed because I believe Sauce will be a better NFL player. But in a rookie season, maybe Sauce gets picked on quite a bit more. This is a really difficult question. It is almost a coin flip. Sauce uh, had two tackles in week one and then saw six in week two. Man, I do not know how to answer that question. I'm going to say DJ Reed for Dynasty, and I'm going to say Sauce for 2022 just because he's a rookie, um, and I believe he's going to end up being a better defensive player. That could be completely wrong. I'm so sorry. I think one of the interesting things about IDP is just how little we don't or or how little we know for certain. Because saying that this is a coin flip isn't due to a lack of knowledge or a lack of intellect. It's just a lack of like hard Confidence. data that is proven to be a statistical correlator to success. It's just really hard to predict success at cornerback. And so I mean you you hit the nail right on the head, Bob. It is really a coin flip. We we don't know for certain which one is the right answer. And there are mm-hmm. some things that can help tie break, perhaps. Um, but that's that's part of the fun of fantasy is is just kind of seeing what happens. So Aang, I, I'm sorry we couldn't give you a better answer, but I think I think that's about the best answer that is available to us at the moment. Bobby, we made it. We did hour and a half. Only about we- 40 minutes longer than I really thought we would take, but we made it. I, I thought an hour would wrap us up, and um, we uh, we blew through that quite a, a, quite a while back. I am currently trying to look up and see um, why Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa only has one tackle on tonight. Oh, I believe he has pulled his groin. Fantastic. And I just saw ah. where Anthony Walker was carted off the field. I believe was an air cast on his knee. So if Jacob Phillips is available, you might want to pay attention um, to said linebacker. But that's about all I'm thinking about right now, Evan. I am just about spent for the night. You and me both. Bob, I have always enjoyed recording these preview episodes with you. Listeners, I'm excited to see how this turns out this upcoming week. Make sure to share your success stories on Twitter, tag the IDP show. And if you'd like to send hate mail, feel free to reach out to at IDP Bob. And mm-hmm. if you want to congratulate us on some great predictions, feel free to shoot me a DM at IDP Evan. Um, otherwise, we'll catch you on the next preview show. Bobby and I together, I believe we're doing the week seven preview. Is that correct? I believe so. Can't wait. Awesome. Well, until next time, you guys, thank you for listening in and we will catch you on the next one. Peace out. In your mind.